0: Hey Matt. Yes, Ryan. Will you be a Satanist with me? No, I don't think I. I think I'm good. How about will Will you be an anarchist with me?
1: Mm,
0: not yet. Okay. How about How about this one? Will you be a nihilist with me? You know what?
1: I'll take you up on that offer, but on one condition. What is that? That you sit here with me as we listen to this.
0: Ah... Welcome back, everybody, to the best music podcast out there, hosted by two best friends uh, that knew each other since college. That's a very specific, like, you know, tagline that I threw at us there.
1: It's a little little specific, <laughs> but in honor of it being our 10th anniversary since we graduated, <clears throat> um, I, I don't necessarily mind the callback.
0: So, this podcast is called Hey, Listen to This. Uh, Essentially, what we do here is every week, me and Matt take turns picking albums that we each listen to as a group collective, and we just go track by track, uh, essentially just saying how we feel about the said track. It could be as in-depth as, like, you know dissecting line by line by line like uh, what we did in the Wilco episode. You're never going open... <laughs> to
1: forgive yourself for that episode, are you?
0: No, because it took me 20 minutes to get over the first song. It really did. <laughs> uh, but it could be that, or it could be like, meh, this is kind of a nothing burger. Yeah. So,
1: I wrote off much more of the talk considering how I talked about Born to Run last week, so...
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that was absolutely breathtaking, man. Like, you know, I was listening <laughs> back to that today, and like, I was just like, "Oh my goodness i I want to <laughs> I want to feel the way that Matt feels <laughs> about that." Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I am Ryan Kearns. I am Matt Dersick, and this week we are completing the master plan that I had, uh, mm-hmm. that started back in 2023. That did start back in 2023. <laughs> so the master plan that I had was, ultimately, I wanted us to talk about this album here, which is the record by Boy Genius. However, I felt like it was going to be more impactful for myself and for Matt here to review... Individual albums by each of the members. So we did Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, which I gave a 10 out of 10. I believe I gave that an 8. Okay. And then we went to Julian Baker's Turn Out the Lights. And I think I gave that an 8 as well. And I'm pretty sure I gave that a 9. Okay. And then we went to Home Video by Lucy Degas, which I gave... A 7, if I can... Yeah, you
1: gave it a 7, I gave it a 7.5.
0: So, the main... The other reason why I wanted to do it this way is that there's a music podcast that I follow called uh, IndieCast, and once Stephen Hyden made the comment that Boy Genius as a collective, what they produce is lesser than what each individual member brings to the table. So mm-hmm. I felt like it would be very interesting considering like how in depth we go with our dissections and we can see like the influences and like yeah. a whole other like descriptives I can throw at the sentiment here that is that sentiment actually true? Do we feel like the record by Boy Genius is lesser than what our collective scores are, which I mean let's see here. I'm gonna do a quick math here if you um <laughs> while while I'm doing a quick math here, um Matt, what has your journey been like oh, going down this master plan with me?
1: It has been very fascinating. Uh, it has definitely changed the radical landscape of my playlist. Yeah. Uh, to mostly, and I know this might be a cliche and possibly uh, unflattering term, but the uh, sad girl genre. Yeah. Uh, that uh, these three women seem to be the uh, leading forces of. Yeah. Um, in fact just in my last change of songs on my mp3 i finally took out um halloween by phoebe bridges had been there that long um but there's still i want to say three well technically four but i put the two together uh julian songs from turn out the lights on there oh, yeah um, and also a few songs off this
0: album too nice and another interesting thing about um this culmination of everything it really feels like the Avengers coming together in terms of like people that are really spearheading the music uh indie scene as of late yeah um because like Phoebe Bridges has been dominating Baker has been right alongside with her and I feel like Lucy Dacus is quite quietly an underrated member of this group here um because she doesn't get the same amount of like critical praise but it's like it's nice that this is a very touchstone moment Recently, they announced that they were going on hiatus, so I can anticipate, like, you know, each individual member going back into the studio and figuring yeah. out and stuff. Um, also, I did a quick math, and I, the score that this album has to beat to be um, better than each individual album is going to be 8.3. So it has to be a nine or higher. So
1: you're you're taking the averages of what you had so far. Yeah. And you know, I'm trying to think what that would be for me because I think nine eight that's seventeen, then twenty four point five divided by three. So roughly, it's probably rather same, Probably like an eight point two.
0: Okay. So it has to be higher than well, we'll say a higher than an eight point, like eight point five and higher. Yeah, for both of us to officially declare this as better than each individual, uh, some of the parts. But enough of that, uh, enough, like, you know, gibber gatter. You ready to get at her? Hell yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna let you lead off the first track here. Uh, which is
1: called Without You, Without Them. And it's a very short, very brief introduction, which uh, is akin to what uh, Phoebe had done on Punisher, what Julianne had done on turn out the lights not what lucy had done on uh home video which is intriguing because this song to me feels very much like a lucy dacus song um she's the lead vocal on it and it's a very this might be the most wholesome piece in all of the (laughs) sad girl genre because it almost feels like a it feels like a warm-up in a sense Mm -hmm. like they're just okay here are voices here's what they sound like together Ooh, ah, uh, and now we go on to the rest of the album. But it's not just that. It's also wholesome in a sense of, you know, telling someone that, uh, you know, I'm not who I am without the people who love me in my life, including some of those people that you have introduced me to, whoever it is that she is talking to or they are talking to Man. in the song.
0: And, like... <sighs> I know a lot of people give, like, Boy Genius, like, a lot of flack for, like, how they portray themselves as, like, you know, just pure happiness and friendship, but this is what the group is basically about. Like, you know, mm. hey, like, you know, let's be there to support each other, and <clears throat> as evident through, like, the albums that we've talked about, like, they each, like, go through their own, like, suffering of, like, you know, like, you know, depression and, like, all that, uh, all that stuff there, right. but... This song here, like, I know it's not a good comparison, but it kind of reminded me in terms of, like, how it opens up the album to the opening track off of the Fleet Foxes uh, uh, debut LP. Um, this one is a little bit, like, better in terms of, like, how it sounds. Yeah. yeah you're not hearing, "Rage Squirrel in the Morning. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs)
1: I have yet to fully immerse myself in that album, so I can only
0: imagine. Oh, man. Maybe one day we'll listen to that. Maybe. Um, But yeah, um, this is a... You did an excellent job. Like, you know, it's basically the three voices together. Um, It's not recorded in a way that, hey, like, it's... Um, supposed to be like, hey, this is a single or anything like that. This is basically getting us used to the feel yeah. of what, what these three women can bring to the table.
1: Yeah, the only only slight complaint I have about this song is how it was recorded mm-hmm. because like I, I called it a warm-up and it sounds like a warm-up because it feels like they might have recorded it on their phones or they just maybe put the microphones on the studio and, you know did this as they were ready to warm up and practice. I don't know, but it's very echoey and it's very much like has the feeling of like being backstage, which I, I get. And I, and I, and I don't hate it, yeah. but at the same time, if it's just an acapella tune and, and I, that, and also the fact that the rest of the album isn't like this, the rest of the album is very much produced in a very um, professional fashion. So why they came out the gate like this? I don't know. Again, nitpicking here, but again, that's just a nitpick. It's it's one of the songs that's on my MP3 uh, or, or my USB stick, so uh, no complaints about me. This is just a really nice, warm introduction to the album.
0: I mean, like to be honest with you, I have the same kind of note here. Like you know, um, I, re- like, I I get what they were going for in terms of like being like you know, very like, hey, this is what we where we were at. It could have been done a little bit better in terms of production um but like two more things that i'll mention about this and then uh, we can go on to twenty dollars uh, one thing that i really liked uh in this track here is in the in the course quote unquote uh of this track here they repeat the line like. Uh, Dake, uh, Lucy Dacus starts out with like you know for example speak to me and then each member repeats that mm-hmm. line and then they go like we also do talk to me talk to me talk to me I, I like that
1: yeah I, I, like, I like that too the little chorus of the round thing they had going on um, definitely very cool and again I think that definitely adds the wholesomeness of uh, this song because again the uh it's just vocals almost sounds like a like a hymn almost like they're uh, you know singing in church and they're about to sing in this feeling of you know love and happiness like you said um and it's very fascinating that that's what they chose to start the album because it doesn't stay that way
0: <laughs> all right um i feel like we uh, hit this opening track which is Probably one of the shorter songs off the album. One of the two, yeah. Yeah. So you ready to move on to twenty dollars? Yes. All right. So I'll start this one out. So this track has Julian Baker taking the lead, and an interesting thing that um, that I felt like at least going into this track in terms of like dissecting it and like you know listening to it for the purposes of this podcast here, man, yeah. is the fact that none of any of the material from Baker, Bridger's, Dacus's, like, discography that I've heard sounds anything like this. And this is a pretty f- straightforward rock feel kind of song. <laughs> and I'm all about it. Like, um, And um like another thing that i noticed at least initially here uh about this track is the ability for them because this is a trio the interplay that they have in between like each vocals uh each like um verse and like throughout the this track here like specifically um vamping here vamping (laughs) uh, (laughs) um uh hey, Matt, you're going to edit this part out here. That's fine. Because <laughs> I, I started to sputter there. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so one thing I really liked is the inter- interplay between the uh, three vocals, especially with how in the first two verses the, the group comes together um, with the line, uh, when you wake up, I'll be gone again. Mm-hmm. And like, there's even like a moment at the very end where, like you know... Each one of the members is seeing something completely different, but it works, man, and I'm all about it. You know what? I I, I will get to
1: that. I agree with you, but I will get to that. Uh, But to start off uh, with my thoughts, um, it definitely feels like a, a bit of shock to go from the warm wholesomeness of without you, without them, to $20 where it just... Uh, goes in his fierce rocker, like, which, like you said, really doesn't, um, I wouldn't say com- doesn't completely sound like anything they've done. I would say it's probably closest to, uh, some of Lucy stuff in that regard, yeah. but even then, uh, none of that had any, like, ferocious guitars, uh, like this one does, um, and it's also in 3-4, which was also interesting, yeah. um, which you don't really see in rock songs much anymore, or any songs, really. Oh, yeah. Um... And as far as the lyrics, I know that this is usually your department, but I'll, I'll take the reins here. Um, what I like about the lyrics is that, and, and I think a lot of this may have to do with the fact that we reviewed Born to Run last time out, yeah. is that I felt that same level of kind of escape or just you know the same old tale of, you know here we are in this town, let's get out of here. But it's contrast at the end with that part you mentioned. The part where it becomes, you know, this sort of murky layering of vocals between the three of them. And they're all singing something different. And it's basically, to me, what it sounds like is this is an escape gone wrong. Mm -hmm. This is them trying to get out of town, you know, get out of the life they've been living. And just immediately it all falls apart. Yeah, they're stuck at the gas station. They need gas. They don't have money. They need 20 bucks. And it sounds like it. It sonically sounds like it. This is not one of my favorite tracks. But I will say it is a very good song. To do what it does. And it definitely paints a picture of. um, Being out. And realizing that hey. My attempt at escape has not gone the way I planned.
0: And like. Even to give uh, further evidence. to Your claim there. Like literally the opening line of this track is it's a bad idea and i'm all about it right and like you know uh great job with that like um i actually kind of struggled a little bit in terms of like you know dissecting this lyrically mm-hmm. uh, because of like there's just really not my chair like you know i t- i walked away with the track feeling like this this song is basically about being down on your down on your luck and out of rope and basically yeah. doing like a last gas kind of thing. So, um, and the whole concept of like, um, uh, $20 is kind of a nod to the Manchester, Manchester orchestra song, a hundred dollars, which mm. m- maybe one day we'll talk about that group. We'll definitely will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, again, um, to go over like how the ending of this song works with each member singing their own lines and how it works so well like it's even encapsulated by the fact that Bridgers is screaming um, basically this to the same degree of like you know I know the end and I like that part just really spoke to me mm. this song is a is my third favorite song off the album third
1: favorite okay yeah
0: um well I We'll We'll get down to like you know, um our I, choices, yeah, yeah, and I, I think the way that it worked out is like you know, as we go down, like you know, my second favorite song will come up, mm-hmm. and then my first favorite song will come up. <laughs> so gotcha. like it's, gotcha. um so my favorite songs towards the end, like even to like encapsulate your point about like um the concept of like this being a failed escape, um lyrics of like run out of gas, out of time, out of money you're doing what you can just make just making it run take a break make your make your escape like overall a really interesting song that could be just a straightforward rock song and with inner sparses of like you know playing with the vocal harmonies but i love what they've done with this track
1: oh yeah i do too it's a, it's a great uh... It's a great piece. It's a great piece. And again, it's not, it's not one of my favorite songs y'all, but thinking back to it, it definitely, it definitely improved the second time I listened to it. Cause like you said, the first time I listened to it, it, was like, oh, this is just a straightforward rocker. Second time I was like, okay, now that I get the meaning of the lyrics, it's, it's a lot better.
0: Yeah. So you ready to
1: move on to Emily? I'm sorry. Let's move on to Emily. I'm sorry. And this is now Phoebe's turn to take things over. And, what I find interesting about this song, I mean, to me, this absolutely sounds like a, um, extra track off of Punisher, honestly. Uh, but definitely has that sort of murky vibe similar to like Halloween, sort of like a halfway point between that and Graceland too. Oh, yeah. And really, I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. As far as that, I mean, it's, it it's fine. um, the harmonies do elevate it to a level that I appreciate more than most of what was on Punisher. Um, And also, and and this is something I don't want to dive too much into because I don't want to get too controversial about my, um, I won't even say opinions, but just sort of my observations, is that this is the first song that seems uh, explicitly lesbian. Like, the lyrics talk about how... You know, I guess with Emily, you know, uh, Phoebe playing the protagonist saying, you know, I'm sorry that we couldn't make this work out. And that's just something that kind of jumped me up a little. I was like, oh, this is actually happening right now. They're actually talking about straight up, you know, because what's fascinating about it is the fact that Phoebe is the one member of Boy Genius who... um. Is at least bisexual and has been dating mostly men. Yeah, and that Julian and Lucy are more uh, down the spectrum on well, further along on the spectrum. Um, <laughs> man, I'll edit that part out too. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. Yeah, you know I meant. yeah um, right. But uh, <laughs> they are more relatable to women in their personal lives. Mm. Um, so I thought I thought that was interesting yeah. um, in that regard. But otherwise, it's a solid song. Would have fit well on uh, Punisher, fits well here.
0: Yeah. And ironically enough, like Phoebe wrote the song right after Punisher and sent it to uh, Baker and Dacus as like a way to ask her, ask them, hey, can we be a band again? So, like, kind of like, you know, teasing them, being like, hey, look what I wrote. Like, you can be part of this. And like, (sighs) lyrically, like, again, not much here, like you said, but. You know me, like, I have the softest bar, softest spot in my heart for Phoebe Bridgers. Right. Like, she's the only member of the group that gave a perfect 10 out of 10 on. This is true. And, like, I absolutely love this song. It's not one of my favorites off the album, um, but, like, just... There's so many moments here where like it's just so breathtakingly beautiful that like I can't just help but just be like, Okay, I I'm really digging what's going on. I'm really glad I was able to like deep dive this a little further. So like one example of this moment is like the falling feeling after the second verse transitioning into the second chorus is such a great touch. Mm-hmm. And like everything's done so purposeful. And that's like that's a Phoebe Bridge touch right there, in my opinion. And just even the interplay in the course with the vocals, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I love it, man. I love it. And like the notes I have here about like the lyrics, it's basically about a broken relationship. Uh lyrics exemplifying this being just take me back to Montreal, I'll get a real job, you can go back to school, we can burn out in the freezing cold or and just get lost. And again, not much else to say about this track other than it's a gorgeous gorgeous track I Mm. absolutely love it and it's actually kind of refreshing not to go over like you know minute by minute uh, line by line what this track is all about because sometimes like you know it's just a moment of beauty that you gotta appreciate Right.
1: and for those who do want further details go back and listen to the Punisher episode
0: (laughs) where I basically just gush over Phoebe Bridgers for like an hour and a half. Right, and I occasionally <laughs> break your heart a couple of times. You're like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you are ready to move on to True Blue? Yes, let's move on to True Blue. All right, let me bring up the lyrics here. But, so, we went from an opening track that basically has everyone involved, um, to a Baker-led track, mm-hmm. to a Bridges-led track. So now we have a Lucy Dacus track. We have track. a Lucy
1: Dacus track.
0: And, like similar to like how... Um, Emily, I'm sorry, was very much in the wheelhouse of Phoebe bridges like, this song here really feels like a Lucy Dacus track that could have came off a of home video, man.
1: It really does, and I'm just going to come out and say it, this is my favorite song on the album. Oh, really? It is. Yeah. Um, because on the one side, uh, which is the musical side, um, the hook is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the verses do a great job. It, it definitely does have that Lucy level of... Uh, you know, snarl in the lyrics. Like, it's sung beautifully because it just has a beautiful voice. Yeah. But it's kind of like one of those things, like, when you hear someone with an angelic voice basically reciting, like, dirty jokes. Like, that's the kind of, like, irony that I like about a lot of Lucy's stuff. And what elevates it to it being the best on part of the album is... I believe it's the bridge where... um, I don't know if you have the full lyrics, but where it starts... You've never done me wrong, except, um,
0: and uh, for, for, except for that one time, um, that we don't talk about because it doesn't matter anymore who won the fight. I don't know. We're not keeping score.
1: That is the best part of the entire album, right there. <laughs> best part, best lines on the album, best part right there, and and the vocal harmonies are fantastic. They are beautiful. Uh, this is a great song about. Um, I'm not even sure what exactly it's about it's definitely about a relationship yeah but I'm not sure like what stage it would be at maybe like the um but, well, I mean I guess it would be the stage of oh we screwed up let's see if we can heal um but just on the musical aspect alone plus the good lyrics instantly put this at the front for me I just I could, I could listen to this for a very long time
0: i I really like this track too man like um, um, in terms of like um, backing up here for one of the uh, questions that you've let off in terms of like um, what stage of the relationship like this person's at um, in this song I feel like this is more of like uh, not a romantic relationship but like you know it could even be like a serious friendship or like that it, other it, person knows you so well, right? And no matter what happens, they're going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but and this could be Lucy directly um, writing about um, how she feels about members of Boy Genius. I was I was
1: just about to say that. This would be like, <laughs> hey guys, here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And uh lyrics that I really, really like in this track here because like you know you you've done an excellent job describing this track mm-hmm. um and like I can't really add that much more it really didn't stand out so much for me again I love this track it's a great track is it my top 3 unfortunately not okay I can um, understand that but um my top track I think you'll appreciate um, okay. knowing that this is your favorite track here yeah um little teaser for later on in the, in the episode <laughs> but Um, Lyrics that I was going to reference are, when you called me from the train, water freezing in your eyes, you were happy and I wasn't surprised. And just the um, imagery of like, you know, like somebody crying so much Mm -hmm. that like, you know, they're in the cold and like, you know, water's freezing from the eyes. But they were happy that like Lucy was there. Yeah, Um, Shows like what true friendship is all about. Um and like another set of lyrics that I really did appreciate was and it feels so good to me known so well. And like I'm even gonna like take a step back before I even like, you know, um gush on about the rest of the lyrics here is like with Emily, I'm sorry, I love how restrained Lucy is here mm-hmm. and like she allows stuff to breathe. And just, we're able to bask in the beauty of this track here. Exactly. It's so good. Um, But the rest of the lyrics, um, um, just for completionist's sake, are, I can't hide from you like I hide from myself. I remember who I am when I'm with you. Your love is tough. Your love is tried in true blue. So again, like, you know, it's somebody who is a very, I I feel like this is a close friend kind of song, like I Mm -hmm. mentioned. Um, and just, it's a really awesome song, and, like, I love the open fill of this track here. Like, I, again, (laughs) bang, 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 like, you know, not including the first track, like, every single song has been, like, I I love this track here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Every every
1: song has been uh, good on the level of great so far on this album.
0: So, uh, ready to go on to Cool About It? Let's go on to Cool About It. All right. I'm gonna let you lead. So... When I first heard this song, I'm thinking, okay,
1: we're dialing it back a little bit. It's very much more of a folky song. Um, at first, I was a little worried because the first lines that I believe it was Julian who sang first on this track, mm-hmm. um, the pattern was very similar to Hey There, Delilah. And I was like, are we going here? And I was like, okay, we're not. Cool. Awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're like, uh oh, no, no.
1: <laughs> I don't want to know what it's like in New York City. Um, but after that, uh, it's, it's just a simple folk tune. Uh, from what I've read, I believe they, uh, I guess they gave official songwriting credit to, or at the very least, uh, props in the liner notes to Paul Simon, okay. who inspired this track, which uh, I think is a great uh, nod for a couple reasons. Number one, um, Paul Simon is basically the inventor or the uh, real patriarch of uh, sad folk songs Hmm. or at least very introspective, introverted songs as a whole. Um, And secondly, this is very much in that folk sense of, you know, very basic, very tuneful and very, very smart. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, It's structured fantastically um, I would probably say if I were to rank the songs off this album, this would probably come in at number three, I would say hmm. because again, I just it's a, it's a very simple song. They all sing beautifully. Um, and I do love the contrast in a sense of how the uh, first two um, verses, or our first two goes at it on the track. The first is by uh, Julian. Second is by Lucy. And the third one's by Phoebe. It does sort of play to their songwriting uh, themes in a sense. Especially Phoebe at the end (laughs) where she just kind of takes the same simple tune. and just like, okay, let's make this even sadder now. It's like, okay, all right. I I see you, Lucy.
0: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, in terms of like how I feel about this song here, I'm cool about it.
1: You're cool about it. No,
0: no, no. Um, now, <laughs> I, I, I love. I really appreciate the sequencing here of this album, especially how this comes after like we've essentially had like you know each member take the reins on a track, and like this essentially does introduce like another style that again, we've not we've we've heard like maybe hints of it mm. throughout like each one of their albums that we've discussed, but like not to this extent. And I love how each member gets a verse like you said. And like I love how like in between like as like each verse uh, transitions, that there's a new element that's subtly introduced, yeah, and it's very purposeful. Like, you know, me, whenever somebody does it purposeful and tasteful, like that really speaks to my heart, yeah. and I absolutely get up for that 10 times out of 10. Um, but yeah, um, another thing, um, that I'll say is like, I love how, like, you know, we get verse, course. And then we get, like, drop back down to the verse of yeah. uh, the, the next uh, member. Like, it's a very a nice kind of feel. It almost feels like, you know, like they're guiding you along through the track. And, yeah. Um, again, not one of my favorites. Do I love this track? Oh, yeah. It, it's a fantastic track. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, uh, and... Another thing that I will say here, lyrically, what this song is about. Uh, I feel like this song is basically about uh, a dissolving relationship. And I'm going to reference some of the lyrics that you hinted at with uh, Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Um, she sings in her vo- her verse, once I took your medication to know what it's like, and now I have to act like I can't read your mind. I ask you how you're doing, and I let you lie.
1: <laughs> right, like it's... For and for, as uh, sort of velvety smooth as this track is on a musical basis, yeah. for those lyrics to come out, it's just like oh, <laughs> you're you're singing it very pre- you know in a pretty way, but these lyrics are not very pretty.
0: Yeah, so you're ready to move on to not strong enough. Let's move on to not strong enough. The
1: song that was a uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't watched it and haven't read the newspaper in a month. Um, this was nominated for Record of the Year. This album was nominated for Album of the Year. Um, I believe
0: this won for uh, Best Alternative Song? Best Rock Song. Oh, Best Rock Song. Either. And Best Rock Performance. Oh. And uh, this album has a whole be- one Best Alternative Rock okay, album. Okay, I got so. them confused. So. Yeah. No, all good. All good. But they won three Grammys, yay. And I will take the lead on the track here. Go for it. It is my second favorite off the wow. album, and okay. it might be a little kind of cliche being like, "Well, uh, yeah, you know, I like the I like the big single off of it, but like, dude, this song slaps so it hard, it really does." <laughs> and like, you know, um, like in terms of like, like I, I'm gonna even discuss like the opening lyrics here because like. You know me in lyrics, like they, I know you in lyrics. They're like you know, um, flies to like you know, hot garbage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's one way of putting it.
0: So, like the whole concept of this track here, not strong enough, and the course goes. Um, like, talking about, like, hey, I'm not strong enough to be your man. And it's talking about, like, you know, n- like just a self-doubt you feel to, like, be enough for somebody in a relationship. Yeah. And they use the term man, like, you know, like... Gender, Ironically. Yeah, gender fluid. Um, right. Non-binary, but... So, like, the opening lyrics here that Bridgers uh, sings are black hole, black hole opened in the kitchen, every clock's a different time it would only take the energy to fix it i don't know why i am and that leads into the course so like the concept of like you know a black hole opening up in the kitchen it's something like catastrophic that you cannot face but every clock's a different time something that you can really like you know it's, it just takes like 2 seconds to fix right mm-hmm. and it would take the energy it would it would only take the energy to fix it um this is basically like her talking about like hey like even though it would take um a, only a little bit of energy i don't know why i can't fix it like i feel like this existential dread yeah and like something that's c- completely comforting like being in the kitchen but i can't just complete a simple task and there's other moments and later on in the track like i could talk about but like again you really, even taken out of the, like the lyrical standpoint, like this song has an excellent chorus. Yes, uh, has a like a nice like build uh, in terms of like what happens in that bridge. That bridge is freaking fantastic. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, there's just several moments here where like you know I'm like I yes yes please give me more of this
1: yes <laughs> which is interesting that you said that because. Um, and, and and this might be why it's your second favorite and not your favorite um, because first of all you did a fantastic job of uh, pretty much uh, showcasing that um, this feels like a strong performance and a strong uh, coalition between the three and their strengths yeah I mean it rocks hard um, I, it feels I wrote down Phoebe lyrics this feels like Phoebe wrote this yeah in a sense yeah. even though Julian it seems more like a vibe of like what Julian's trying to go for branching out to like more of a full band sound. Yeah. Um, Also, this could also be Lucy's doing, because she's more of the full band type at this point. Um, And it reminded me of a couple of songs, one that you like, one that you really, really don't. Um, Because I I thought, like, on the one hand, it's, like, um, sort of alty enough with, like, keyboards and electronics to sound kind of like... uh, someone, Somebody told me by The Killers. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, it sounds folky enough to sound like I will wait.
0: <laughs> and uh, I'm thinking,
1: Ryan might hate this one, actually.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I can see the comparison, but, like, uh, the way that is constructed, it's so purposeful. Like, something I even realized just now, man, while talking to you, is, like, how each verse in this track here ends with, I don't know why i am and then the course kicks in the way i am like it's such a freaking smooth transition oh yeah like holy cow dude like um like this is something that mumford and sons wish wish they could they (laughs) could (laughs) write
1: this is this is i will wait done with meaning and purpose
0: yeah um but even talking about like further lyrics here, I'm sorry, I'm going to gush about this song for a little bit longer if you don't mind. Go but for like it. even in the chorus, uh, talking about stop staring at the ceiling fan and spinning out of things that I had that haven't happened, breathing in and out, like you know, this is encapsulating what the feeling is of like you know, hey, I'm completely worthless. Like you know, I'm staring at the ceiling fan in my bedroom and I don't even have the courage to get up and face face the day. Like mm-hmm. and how this is contrasted with like such a happy folksy feel. Like I I, I I'm absolutely all about it, man.
1: Oh yeah, it it, it deserves all the accolades it's gotten. It's, it's 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 a song that deserves to be on the radio more than it probably is, or um yeah whatever you want to say about that. Because I haven't listened to alternative radio in so long, but that's aside the point. The point is, great song. I also have it number two oh. on my rankings.
0: No, cool, cool, cool. I, I'm gonna be interesting. Um, now that we're essentially halfway. Uh, sorry, that was. A, I'm
1: gonna be interesting.
0: Like, I know what you meant. I'm interested to see what, like, okay, so we're halfway through this album at this point, right? Yes. And I've gushed about like every single track here, except, except for like the first one, practically. Um, but like d- knowing that my. Top favorite track is yet to come. Could you pinpoint what it is at this moment? Um, I f- think so. Okay, so lock in that pick when we come across that track. I will, uh, when I start talking about it, I will let you know it's my favorite track. Okay, so we'll see how that goes. Okay, I'm just kind of curious to see what
1: I-, I will make a bold prediction though. Uh, that this next track we're going to talk about, Revolution Zero, is not that song.
0: <laughs> I mean, because it's not mine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite track either. Okay. So, uh, speaking of Revolution Zero, and how it's not your favorite track, tell tell me more about Revolution Number Zero.
1: Yeah. So, Revolution Zero, as Ryan alluded to, sort of kicks off the second half of the album, and as we've talked about, all these songs so far have ranged from good to great to amazing. This is the first song on the album that's fine uh-huh. It's fine It's it, I, I understand what they were trying to do Or at least What they were trying to pay homage to in a sense Because uh, Obviously Revolution Zero is a play on Revolution 1 Or Revolution 9 that the Beatles did yeah. And the Beatles were masters um, When it came Especially towards uh, the latter stages of their uh, Career like Especially with Sgt. Pepper and the White Album And uh Especially every Road too, How they used the second Side of their album or The flip side to an album In order to reset things Reset tone um, Particularly talking about um, Within You Without You On Sgt. Pepper resetting the tone After the chaos of being the benefit Of Mr. Kite or Birthday Offsetting the folkiness of the end Of side 2 of the White Album Or m- most notably Here Comes a Sun on side 2 of Abbey Road. Like they just completely reset the tone. That one offsetting the. Uh, doom metal almost. Of uh, I Want You, She's So Heavy. That was probably the most, Beatles most experimental track. Or one of them up to that point. But I digress. This feels like they're trying to reset things. Reset vibes. In a sense. Um, and they do. But I'm not sure it was the right direction. Um, because it, it, it this this track just kind of sounds very. Um, wispy in a sense, like it's not bad. It, 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 the harmonies are good. Um, the lyrics are fine, but it really, especially compared, and a lot of this might have to do with juxtaposition. Um, because if you're coming off of that run, that absolute run of the first half of the album, especially with uh, true blue, uh, cool about it and not strong enough right in a row. This is a major letdown. It's not a bad track. It's yeah. not a bad track. It's fine, but fine doesn't compare to greatness in a sense. I, I, I don't know if that's um, a good way of putting it, but that's how I'm going to put it.
0: it. It it makes sense though. Like you know, you go from like you know big track to big track to big track, or like you know just different a- like aspects. Yeah. And this song right here definitely does feel like okay, hey you're flipping the record over and you're reaching the second side of it.
1: Right. And it does actually make me wonder too, like if artists are starting to think that way again,
0: Yeah,
1: which I I do appreciate them trying to think that way. Um, I mean, obviously not everyone's going to go out and buy the vinyl record. Yeah, It's 2024, you know, look at the economy, her, her, her. Uh, But (laughs) not everyone has the uh, uh, means to go out and buy vinyl all the time. But the fact they went ahead and, Anyway is a nice homage again I just think that the track Doesn't have a whole lot of muscle I wrote down that um, It's an objectively good track It's objectively meh Um, It has Punisher vibes It has the lyrics of uh, Turn out the lights And it has the Violence of Thumbs Which uh, wasn't my favorite track Off of, uh, of Home video anyway So I think this track was sort of uh doomed to disappoint me but again that's just my opinion
0: i i really like this track man oh do you yeah like you know is it your favorite no no it's not my favorite okay. um that one's coming up as well i mean like i basically alluded to like this is gonna be a grand reveal of what my favorite track is off. it really film. is <laughs> but no like you know what the song what this song reminded me of what's um, that moon song off of uh punisher
1: okay and
0: yeah. like even taking a look into like what inspired the song yeah this is another like hey let me write a song about my love for Elliot Smith yeah yeah so like that's why you got that vibe those vibes there but like there again this has a lot of Phoebes like DNA all over it in my opinion yes in terms of like the 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 pauses and like how like you know things are just purposely put in there like string swells in the second choruses and how that is so freaking be- beautiful and like uh, the pause between the first verse and the chorus is so good um, and even in the outro uh, with the lines I used to think if I just closed my eyes I disappear and ha- how that leads into the track cutting out for a moment, just fading out and coming back in. Mm-hmm. That is so good, man. I, I absolutely love that. And I mean, the lyrics are not really all that much to write home about, but they're not really the focal point here. Like, you know, right? there's I get that. there's points where like, you can write like lyrical masterpieces, like how they basically showed off their skills and not strong enough to be mm-hmm. your man. And then right. there's moments like Revolution Zero, Emily, I'm Sorry, True Blue, where if you really take a second and just admire the beauty that they bring to the table, and like just realize that the lyrics are more like a of a backdrop and a descriptor of what's going on, yeah, as opposed to like the focal driver. And so you can really appreciate the beauty of tracks like this.
1: Yeah, I can get that. I and mean, you did a very good job of uh, sort of you know um, you know describing some of the. Uh, intricacies of the track that make it work again, this this track very much is a good track, um, it just didn't grab me as much as the others did and that's more of a taste thing than anything else
0: yeah, and, and that that I can respect man, alright, re- ready to move on to, I think one of the shortest tracks off the album, I Leonard think Cohen it, yeah, it's,
1: it's definitely it's, it's the, either that or uh, Without You Without Them as the shortest but both of them are, are under two minutes yeah. um, and this is Leonard Cohen Um, this is full on a Lucy track or, or a Lucy, uh, bridge, if you will, because it's it's so short, Yeah. but honestly it's, 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 uh, I would say, um, it's up there with some of the stuff I love the most on this album because I could just envision the ambiance it's going for. Yeah. Um, and I know nobody is going to get this except you or I, but I don't care. It's our podcast. Do you remember that old picture of you? I took at Geneva with where you were playing guitar on the, the, uh, Side of um, or on the steps, I guess, of uh, Johnson Jim. Yes, and it had that weird tint to it. Yeah, that's the kind of tint I get hearing this song—a very summery, bright sun uh, out on the road, summertime song yeah. in a folk sense. Um, I love the description of you know how uh, Lucy's with this significant other who is driving the wrong way on the interstate because he's so focused or she's so focused. Excuse me. On um, this song that they want to introduce to Lucy, yeah, and she the the way she paints the ironies of yo, know, you might like me better because you know me more, or, and I might like you less because you know me more. I love those contrasts so much. <laughs> um, again, it, it's it's a song that feel, and, and that's a lot of this album too. It feels nice, it feels warm, but when you hear the lyrics, it's just like, wait a minute, you're trying to, you know, you're, you're warming up the food before you stab the knife in it.
0: <laughs> so, funny story that inspired, like, this track here, because the opening verse that you described, about, like, you know, hey, like, this person driving the wrong way, um, and you need to listen to the song. Mm-hmm. Um, so what directly inspired this track was... So the members of Boy Genius were talking about great songs that didn't have a chorus. And one of the songs that um, Phoebe Bridgers wanted to show the other members, and when I heard this, man, I wanted to cry, because this song that she showed the other members means a lot to me. It's one of my favorite songs of all freaking time. It's called The Trapeze Swinger by Iron and Wine. Um, For those Mm. of you who have not heard it, Pause the pod, go listen to that ten minute song. Come back, feel enlightened. And I get- would,
1: I would, <laughs> but I'm recording it right now.
0: <laughs> but like, uh, whenever I heard that, I'm like, oh my goodness! Not only is Phoebe Bridgers like you know an, an amazing human being from all of like standpoints like I've seen so far, but not and. She she references like this song, and she like this is my go to. Hey, this song doesn't have a chorus. Like, oh my goodness! I digress. So apparently, like while they were driving and listening to the song, the members of Boy Genius, Phoebe just got lost in the song, and just spent like like once they once she realized, oh hey, I missed the exit of where we needed to go. Like they had to double back and they wasted an hour going back oh. into tra- <laughs> where they needed to go i'd
1: love to know where they were because that sounds like a really long
0: time <laughs> it, it was probably like rush hour in la traffic so
1: no nah, that or they were stuck on 51 heading to 88 anyways yeah
0: but yeah like in terms of a like a l- lyrical dissection here like it's really broken up into like two parts here i feel like the uh, chorus is kind of like a it's it's not really cohesive in terms of like, you know, each part interlinking. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like really broken up into like two separate parts there. Um, but like the second part's talk about like Leonard Cohen and like, um, it's basically, um, like there's not really much there. Like the, the, the thing that I realized that I did, um, Love in the second verse is the change up in the strumming during the line, and I'm not an old man having an existential crisis. um that's a nice touch, yeah, um but overall, is this meant to be like a absolutely like blow your pants off kind of song in terms of like beauty or like you know lyrical execution? no, no, uh, I feel like they may have included it in the track listing because of the incident where Phoebe spent an hour driving down the road, yeah, because of a song um. But yeah, that's all I got, man.
1: No, I think I think you summed it up very nicely. Um, I think, again, it's it's a nice little uh, piece of metal. Like again, if if uh, Revolution Zero is supposed to be there within you, without you, this is more or less there when I'm 64. Just sort of a nice little fun tune to offset what it is that just occurred, um,
0: in a sense. All right. So the next track
1: is Satanist. The next track is
0: Satanist. And this is another group, like, track here, where it's kind of, like, you know, structured structured in a way that's, like, in terms of, like, how each member takes a verse, and there's a chorus. It's, like, kind of, like, cool about it, in yeah. a sense, but completely not that.
1: <laughs> no. No. The, uh, the uh, tone of this is a bit more straightforward. Um, the, t- the tone is more rock, in a yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kind of reminds me in a sense, I just thought about it, of uh, Normal Person by Arcade Fire off of Reflector. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a very basic track and, you know, discussing the ironies of wanting to rebel against the system and yet uh, not having enough uh, clout, power, personal vindiction in order to actually do that, you know? Because when you say, you want to be a Satanist? Do you want to be a Nihilist? Do you want to be... An anarchist, the only one that's really achievable is nihilism, and that's clear by this point of the album that none of these people making this album and none of the people listening to this album are going to achieve that. <laughs> yeah, at least in the truest form of sense. And I like that because it basically says, you know, okay, you know, these are extreme ways of being a human being that probably aren't good, but because it's trendy and everything, we're going to be like, hey, sure, why not? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this is a very solid track. Um, definitely has a bit of a slowdown at the end, which you could get more into, but, uh, yeah, I, I like it.
0: So, Julian was inspired to write this track after watching a satanic documentary and thought she could be a satanist and questioned if her friends would join her in this phase of her life. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, a little known like, you know, tr- um uh, background of this track. And I I this is one of my favorites. It's not my favorite off the album. Oh. Um Strike another one off the list. I know. Wow, uh, it's coming up relatively soon. Um <laughs> we only have like, you know, a handful of tracks left right. to go. But like the nice call and response I, I really do like. Um and how each uh verse like you kind of alluded to each verse begins with a question will you be a blank with me and how like the rest of the lyrics in that verse reflect that yeah um like I'll I'll take Dacus's nihilist verse for example because that way I can show some love to uh, another member of boy genius that isn't Bridger's um, but uh, <laughs> so the verse goes will you be a nihilist with me if nothing matters man that's a relief Solomon had a point when he wrote Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes if nothing can be known then stupidity is holy if the void becomes a bore we'll treat ourselves to some self belief oh you know what what should I do and uh, I, I like the contrast and like how each member can take a, like a verse and like really mm-hmm. reflect on the question that they want to bring to their friends. Right. Um, and like even the instrum- instrumental break towards the end, it's a very nice touch. It's very tight. I like it.
1: Yeah. And and, and what you just said there about how uh, Lucy ends that particular uh, uh, plea for nihilism by asking someone else, "What should I do?" Like that just gives the game away right there. Yeah. Like they don't. You, if you really. Were a nihilist, you wouldn't actually ask somebody because you wouldn't care. Yeah. True nihilism is based on not caring about anything at all whatsoever, which in a sense may make the whole idea of declaring nihilism to be against nihilism itself, but that's not what this podcast is about. The point (laughs) is, um, Solid Song, uh, very much a uh, roughed up version of Cool About It, and that's perfectly fine with me.
0: So, you ready to move on to We're In Love?
1: We're in love. Let's move on to it.
0: Okay. And we have arrived.
1: Oh, have we?
0: At my, my absolute favorite track off this album.
1: Interesting.
0: You, this was not the pick?
1: Um, I, I, I get why it's the pick, but I'm a little surprised. Okay. Because realistically, because you've been gushing about Phoebe Bridgers for the majority of two episodes of this podcast now. Yeah. And yet, this song, I don't think, aside from the harmonies, has really much to do with Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah.
0: It goes to how beautiful this song is. And, like, I even specifically remembered this song here from my very first listen of this album, even before, like, this podcast was a thing. Like, the opening lyrics, how Lucy Dacus is uh, basically saying, you could absolutely break my heart, and that's how I know that we're in love. Like, the rest of the lyrics off of here are so sincere, so freaking beautiful and so freaking Mm. breathtaking in my opinion yeah that this was an easy like you know win for me like like the more i listened to not strong enough to be your man or not strong enough um and like the way i was able to dissect that track it got closer to being my favorite song but how the song is just so stripped back and how like it's just an outpouring of the heart from Lucy Dacus and like absolutely vivid lyrics. Um, like even like lyrics of so put down the knife, we're not swapping blood. Like mm. it's so freaking personal and I absolutely love this track, man. Yeah,
1: I, I love this too. Um, it's not in my top three, but I did write down it is a beautiful haunting performance and it and if not for True Blue... Um, this would probably be my favorite thing that Lucy did on the entire album. Yeah. Because um, it, it's just, it really is just such a beautiful, heartfelt song. Um, Although, I did say that um, even though the uh, Lucy is pretty much the focal point of the track as far as sound yeah. and uh, delivery, it felt like Julian could have wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I definitely got the heartbreaking vibe from "Turn Out the Lights" on this, Um, just the the absolute like gut wrenching feeling that you know Lucy has like lodged within her that's just barely being held together, and that's what I felt throughout the entirety of "Turn Out the Lights." And to me, what what really made this track stand out is like you know obviously throughout this album we had seen that three of them work together. But this definitely feels like a true synthesis of styles coming together. Oh, yeah. Sort of the hushed tone of Punisher, the uh, heartfeltness of Turn Out the Lights, and just Lucy Dacus being Lucy Dacus, um, which musically and sonically usually is great. Yeah. So, uh, I, I definitely understand why you chose this song um, as your favorite. Um, maybe on future listens of the album in the future, it might be mine too. Yeah. Um, wasn't that case this time around but that's the great thing about art is that you can look at a bunch of different times and come with different conclusions
0: yeah absolutely and like uh, a couple other notes about this uh track here then we can move on to anti-curse um i love again the purposeful instrumental point uh like like um sections here like and how like everything was chosen purposefully like the gentle piano throughout this and Like, even in the second uh, verse, how, like, there's those string swells, it adds such a nice touch, man. Like, Mm -hmm. whenever, like, uh, I've gushed about, like, how this album has many moments of that. And even in, like, you know, um, moments in uh, Bridges' Punisher and other um, tracks off the other albums, like, it really shows how like these artists can really cook and they can really like you, you know, use different elements that if you really lean in and listen closely, it adds a whole other dynamic to it, man. Like it's oh, yeah. absolutely breathtaking. Um, but yeah, that being said, you ready to move on to anti curse? Let's move on to anti curse. And I'm going to let you leave this track. Okay.
1: Off. So a bit, another bit of whiplash um, on this particular album uh, because, again, you go from the warmth and the uh, sort of sort of velvety uh, darkness of We're In Love to another straightforward rocker, another Julianne piece. Um, which, to me, definitely feels like this is the evolved version of what she was going for on Turn Out the Lights. I mean, I, I, I hate to keep referencing the record, but that's the only one of hers I've listened to, so that's where we're going by. Um, and... It definitely has the feel of, you know, her dealing with her own inner struggles of, you know, worth and, you know, what she's worth as far as, like, her faith and her relationships and everything. Um, it's not one of my favorite songs, now, but I did like a lot. Um, I wrote down good lyrics might just be lyrics that the lyrics aren't necessarily anything to write home about, but they are pretty solid. Oh, yeah. Um, the band sounds good. The vocals sound good. Um, I really don't have a whole lot to say about it except for what I already said. That this feels like a full band version of something that will be off of uh, Turn Out the Lights.
0: So, you know what? Um, there was a moment in this track here where I feel like it kind of harkened back to a track off of Turn Off the Light, Turn Out the Lights, and that track in that in that album was Sour Breath. Yeah and how this song has a point where she's like singing like i'm swimming back yeah and that was a nice little nod that i caught
1: there. yeah i think that's kind of why i came to the conclusion that i did is that you know the, the themes are being sort of recycled and um in a, in a way that's very tasteful and again it, it it's it's bringing back themes but in a different way which contributes to evolution
0: so this song was apparently inspired by uh Julian's near-death experience drowning in Malibu Beach and like in terms of like you know lyrical stuff like you know it's very uh, I don't know um, it it's very once you know that it gives a lot of context to it like you know lyrics like um, let's see um, salt in my lungs holding my breath making peace with my inevitable death I mean that's kind of like you know cut yeah. right there now that you know it um i like this track um is it one of the ones that i'm gonna absolutely gush about not necessarily to be no. honest with you like um it's a really good track i will put it up against like you know anything off of like you know like i it's, it's a good track it seems like i'm coming to terms with like how you <laughs> on this track? I'm Like, is it a good track yeah it's a good track but is it a good track um <laughs> uh, but no uh getting more of a focus here um, I appreciate the guitar tone off of this track here. It's a very Julian Baker style, and how the drums come in halfway through the opening verse, yeah. and how like they come crashing in, and like even in like um, the chorus, how um, it's highlighted by drum fills and instrumental crashes. It's a very nice touch, man.
1: It is. It is. Again, this is a really good song. Um, again, not a standout for me, but definitely. Uh, strong... Sh- it's a, it's another one that's objectively good more so than subjectively good, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. So, that being said, you ready to uh, move on to the last track off the album? Letters
1: yes. to an Old Poet. Letter to an Old Poet. And uh, this one is definitely a... Uh, uh, well, I actually should... I guess since I left off the last one, it would be your turn this time around.
0: So, this is a... Um, well... And at least initially, this is a um, Julian, not a Julian, a uh, Phoebe Bridgers um, yeah. uh, track. And how it just starts out with her and the piano. And I just love how this track does open up a bit when everyone joins in. adding p- uh, And they, they also add piano lines and strings. And I feel like this track here is a very nice wrap-up to the album. Yeah, I, I can
1: get behind that. It, it, I wrote down it's a soft landing. Yeah. Um. But it's it's still a good landing, and the one lyric that jumped out at me was when she says, "I love you. I don't know why. I just do." Mm -hmm. Which to me feels like not only a you know it, it, it matches the musical summation of this album with a lyrical summation of this album, sort of a you know reconciliation with all the chaos that we've been through so far. Yeah. Um. And what makes it so you know good in a sense is of course the harmonies of you know everybody you know coming together, um, and but also that you know you, it reminded me because I know I mentioned before um, normal Purse by Eric Fair, because I had just listened to Reflector a few days ago. The ending of that album, Reflector, was a song called Supersymmetry. Not counting the five minutes of uh hidden bonus noise, which you don't need to listen to. Yeah. Um. But very much a uh, uh, this is a calm track that sort of you know fades out the chaos from the rest of the album, the harshness, the sharpness of some of the avenues that we've gone down in a very nice and appeasing way. Again, not a standout, not, not a track I'd be like, oh yeah, I need to hear that again. But a nice soft landing to the album, like, I can appreciate.
0: There's a couple moments with this track here that. Uh, upon initial listen, like you know, I really did not ap- appreciate n- n- to the point that I do now. And we talk about like how multiple m- occurrences in this album here, like either a, they're about friendship, or b, they're talking about a significant other. Yeah, I feel like this track here, it could be taken in one of two ways. Like one, you're exiting a bad relationship with a significant other, or you're coming to terms with how you were before yeah, as a person, and you're exercising that demon and getting rid of that part of you. Yeah. Um, lyrics that exemplify this are, you're not special, you're evil, you don't get me to tell me to calm down, you made me feel like an equal, but I'm better than you. And then even like further on, like lyrics that really drive home this message of like wanting to move on and get on with your life or i want to be happy i'm ready to walk into a room without looking for you um and i'll go up to the top of our building and remember my dog when i see the full moon and i like that that message there in terms of like are there big moments here where like you know how, like, we talk about, like, Emily, I'm sorry, True Blue, Not Strong Enough, um, and even, like, impactful lyrics, like, uh, We're In Love. Not really, but, in terms of, like, how I would like this album to end, this is a perfect ending for me.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's funny, the way you describe those lyrics now, um, this does kind of feel like a, uh, song about a, a breakup of some sort. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, in fact, the, the one imagery um, I was reminded of, um, I don't think I've referenced this show in a while, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway, um, is the divorce of Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter on BoJack Horseman. Oh, yeah. How she was basically saying, you know, uh, you know, I've been trying to see through the lines uh, to find that little bit of light that's still shot between us, but my eyes are tired of squinting. And that was like, you know, just the the devastation of that moment. Not not that that's the most devastating moment of that show. It's just a really sad show for everybody who wants to watch. It's also really funny how we recommend. But <laughs> uh, yeah. but yeah, I agree with you. This is a nice way to end the album. I won't go as far as saying it's a perfect way, but I'm perfectly fine with it.
0: So we did it, man.
1: We did it. The we... the master plan is uh, just about complete.
0: So now the only question that um, i have and like the audience has and you probably have yeah uh, is is this album better than each individual album that we reviewed from the members so far uh do you want me to go first um yeah what like how do you feel what's the rating
1: okay uh personally i feel that this album so i, I, have, a, I have a couple minds of this album on the one hand I think this album is fantastic. Yeah, I think this album is very much. Um, I would say it's considerably more enjoyable than Home Video uh, or Punisher, and probably as enjoyable, if not slightly better, uh, than Turn Out the Lights. Um, but on the other hand, there, there's a small part of me. There, there's a couple. There's a couple things. Number one, to me, whenever I you know, was first envisioning this album, I thought that this was going to be, you know, a full true synthesis of these girl, you know, these uh, performer strengths. And in a sense it is, but there's also a small part of me that that could possibly do better on this. And of course they still have, you know, plenty of time and, you know, hopefully trust with each other left in the tank in order to accomplish that. Um, But that being said, I am going to say... Yes, this is at the very least as enjoyable as one of the albums, and more so than the other two. I'm going to give this a nine out of ten.
0: Cool. So that would clear the benchmark that you said. Yes. Because um, I think at the start of this episode we said like your average <laughs> rating was like an eight point two or something. Right? Eight point two, yeah. So uh, now it is my turn. Um, uh, it's funny whenever like this album came out one of the gripes i also heard about this album is that it's extremely forgettable like every track sounds the same and they all kind of blend in together like you'll start the track with like um that uh opening a cappella trio Mm -hmm. and then you would get down to a letter to an old poet and you would feel like oh what just happened like what did i just listen to I that's incredibly short sighted compared to like every moment that this can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like people that had that mindset, like they don't take the proper time to actually lean in and maybe listen to this album.
1: Yeah. <laughs> ah. Yeah.
0: And like even taking the time to like really dissect what um Phoebe, Julian and Lucy bring to the table yeah. and what the intended uh effort was with creating this album. Like, I absolutely would say that this is better than what each individual member brings to the table. As much as I'm gonna, like, I will have all the love in the world for Miss Phoebe Bridgers. uh, Like, what they're able to create with this, with, like, tracks of, like, Not Strong Enough to Be Your Man, Cool About It, um, Satanist, like, like, you don't see any of those tracks coming from any of those members going forward and what they've done so far. Like you can see like bits and pieces of it, Mm -hmm. but like in terms of like what a, what a true collaboration with the three of them looks like, in my opinion, you go to those tracks, you find that. And even like in a song like $20, like that's a completely unique track that they're not going to be able to replicate ever again. That being said, this is not a perfect album. Uh, as much as like people might have been like anticipating, including yourself, thinking like as much as I'm gushing <laughs> over it, like <sighs> tracks that bring it down for me are with without you without them. Like the opening track, um, I might have like butchered that title there. No, I um, think you got it right. Without you, without them, without you, without them. Yeah. Um. Like the production could have been a little bit better on there. Yeah. Uh, I get what they were going for. Leonard Cohen. How that was basically included because of that story about Phoebe driving down the interstate and missing the exit. Like, I get it. And I love, like, I was able to hear that Phoebe Bridgers loves the song Trapeze Swinger as much as I do. Yeah. But, it, like, they could have cut that. They could have cut that off the the cutting room floor. Like, if they would have cut that and the first track, this would be an easy, perfect album for me. And, mm. like, even, like, songs like... I don't know, like... <laughs> Like, there's a couple moments where, like, it, they're good songs. They're not breathtakingly beautiful. Right. And, like, um, but, like...
1: They're good, uh, but they're not
0: really memorable. Yeah. Uh, like, would I return to this album? Would I buy the vinyl? Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give this album also... A 9 out
1: of 10. Ah, so we uh, agree, and that saves us some math because we can average that out to a 9 out of 10.
0: So collectively, we both agree that the record by Boy Genius is better than the average of the sum of the parts.
1: One last thing before we get to our next album recommendations or if you like this, listen to this albums. Um, Would you agree with me that you think that they can do better or is that not something you agree with?
0: I would... I'm going to concur with that opinion. And the reason why I'm saying that is, like, I feel like this album was born out of the feelings of the dread (laughs) that the pandemic brought on. Yeah. And how, like, these three basically wanted to encapsulate, like, the feelings that they had together as three members of the LGBTQ plus community. I know I missed some letters in there. I apologize. Um, Right. And like how their friendship really encapsulated, like, you know, the feelings that they really had and they felt like they needed to like explore to survive the pandemic. And like, it's evident, like, you know, songs like Leonard Cohen and like a couple other tracks, like even like the song, like we're in love. Apparently, Lucy wrote that song, and she, they, she first introduced that to the group by singing it to Phoebe Bridgers in bed. So. Oh wow. Yeah. So like, this is a yes. They're like the they can do better in terms of like in my opinion. Do they want to do better? No. Like this is what this is the record that they wanted to make. And will we get another boy genius record down the road that could perhaps do better? Sure. Are I they? Hope can, so. Yeah, <laughs> but are they gonna? I don't think so, and I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, that's up to them. If yeah, they, they want to do that or not.
0: I, I'm personally holding my breath to see what Phoebe Bridges does next. But you know, that's me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably be more inclined to see what the other two do, um, because again, I really like turn out the lights, and I think maybe this is you know inspired Lucy to sort of. Um, sort of intricate her sound a little more. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's, that's their artistic decision. They could do whatever the hell they want. Um. So as far as the next album, I would recommend based off this. And again, my rule, I have to have listened to the album in order to recommend it. So I am going to go again, way back in time, because we were talking about a super group project where it sort of sounds like a synthesis of all the members, but not necessarily in a sense that it's like completely blended to one thing. Yeah. Um, The prototype for this goes all the way back to 1970, which is the album Deja Vu by Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And this album very much is in the same vein of, you know, top artists working together, coming from different avenues, uh, David Crosby having been with the Byrds, Neil Young having been his own thing, and also in Buffalo Springfield with Stephen Stills and um, Graham Nash from the Hollies. You know, this album very much is a hodgepodge of that same regard. There are some great songs off this album, some great moments, uh, like Teacher Children, uh, their cover of Joni Mitchell's Woodstock, uh, Carry On, um, and to some degree, uh, Our House. Um, It's it's actually a relatively short album. It's only probably about maybe like a half hour long. Um, But it's still very good. Um, But it also isn't as blended as it could be. And and I kind of got the same vibes from this album I did with that album, but I think they worked better here as of these are three really good singer-songwriters coming together to make an album, and that's exactly what they did. So Deja Vu by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young will be my recommended album.
0: Cool. I think you're going to be a little bit surprised, but maybe you might appreciate my recommendation. Go for it. So my recommendation is going to be Dragon New War Mountain, I Believe in You. By Big Thief. And the more I thought about it, and like, you know, uh, the more I really thought that this was an appropriate recommendation in terms of like feel and like how expansive that album is, and how this album covers like a whole bunch of different styles. And yeah, not much other than that. Like, you know, I could have done the Boy Genius EP that um, predates this album, but. in my heart of hearts, in my gut gut of guts, like this is the album that I chose.
1: Okay. And uh, one more thing before we wrap things up. Could you imagine, just to blow your mind for a hot second, if instead of doing another Boy Genius album or EP, they recruited uh, Adrian Lenniker to join them?
0: I, I, I don't think the world's ready for that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I, I don't think you can even name that band. It would just be The Sound of an Orgasm as the name of the band.
0: Oh my goodness! I, I absolutely love that. And this is that's the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now we may have to negotiate that. My parents might be listening. <laughs> no, my mom.
0: Um, all good, all good. In fact,
1: I might even edit this whole part out for all I know.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> it might be for the greater good. Um, the greater good. But I digress. So, that being said, Matthew, Ryan, where are we going next? Well,
1: I've been holding off for a little bit, but I think it's time we start uh, going a little international. So uh, a few episodes ago, I had you choose between Seattle and Canada. You chose Seattle. We did In Utero. Now we're going to Canada. In fact, we're going to uh, sort of right along the American border uh, with the band, by the band, from 1969. And considering you're... It's been a while since so you've to some good old-fashioned uh, down-home country folk type of songs. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do next time.
0: All right, cool. Well, the good thing I got my passport ready, man.
1: <laughs> I hope so, yeah.
0: <laughs> Other than that, uh, if we, if I didn't, I would have to be an illegal alien going in there just for my, my quick visit. But, I mean, that might be a hot take to do. Yes. Um, <laughs>
1: I've heard they're nice people, though.
0: Uh, so that being said, do you have anything else to say about Boy Genius, this album as a whole? Before Again,
1: we wrap it's a great album. Um, hopefully they do one, but if they don't want to, that's their prerogative. At least we'll always have this.
0: Yeah. And I'm incredibly grateful for the experience that we both had in terms of the dissecting, like, you know, Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, Lucy Dacus, and they, even this album. Because it right. really took my appreciation to each individual member up a n- whole new level. Yeah. Um so I will be spinning this album and like each other album that each member bring, bring like has in their discography for the immediate future going forward. For sure. Um But that being said, if you've made it to this point in the episode 1 Thank you for listening to this episode of Hey Listen to This. Uh, if you liked what you heard, and you, well, I mean, if you've gotten to this point in the episode, it's pretty evident that you liked what you heard. Yeah. Uh, but the best way that you can support me and uh, Matthew here is by rating this podcast on your podcasting platform of choice because that's how we get picked up on the algorithm. If you are one of those people that are listening to us on the YouTubes, um, hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up on this episode here. That's the way you can best help support us because I think that what this is our twentieth episode now. Uh, yes, this is number twenty. Yeah, what an appropriate episode! Hey, look at that! (laughs) But uh, and if um, if you guys wanna like you know get more content from us, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads. The tagline is Hey Listen. If you have episode ideas and you want to suggest them, one, reach out to me and Matt personally if you uh, know us um, in real life, or if you don't, you can uh, shoot us an email at Listen at gmail.com. But for the last time in this episode, I am not a Satanist, but I am Ryan Kearns. And I am not an anarchist, but I am Matt Derzik. And we are not strong enough to be your men. Wait, what?